0: Look out, it's only Films To Be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. My name is Brett Goldstein, I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an ice cream cone and I love film. As Dr. Zeus once said, a person's a person, no matter how small. And although Sharper was a smaller film, it should have had more cinema screens. It's definitely a big screen movie. You know what I mean. Yes, I do, Dr. Zeus. Fair play. Yes. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Kevin Smith, Sharon Stone, and even Fred Rambles. But this week, it's the brilliant writer, director, producer, and huge star of Apple TV Plus's Shrinking. It's only Mr. Luke Tenney. You can watch the first six episodes of Luke's show, Shrinking, the show co-created by myself and Bill Lawrence and Jason Siegel. They're all available to watch on Apple TV Plus. Give it a go. You will definitely love. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 30 minutes of chat with Luke. We laugh a lot, we talk about beginnings and endings. There's a secret, he tells you, get the whole episode uncut and also ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So listen, so some of you may know this, I'm a very busy boy and I'm gonna have to take a few weeks off because I can't manage all of these things all at once. Probably only gonna be a month, maybe a bit less, But in the meantime, we'll be releasing some absolutely hardcore classic episodes before we return with some heavy, big, huge, massive, incredible guests that I already have in the tank. So I hope you can bear with me for that time. I hope you all understand. Thank you very much for listening. I promise you the episodes we put out will be bangers. So, you know, nothing will really change. Do you know what I mean? It might just be something you'd forgotten you'd heard a while ago, do you know what I mean? Like, enjoy your lives. Anyway, here we go. This episode, Luke Tenney. Luke Tenney, ah, Luke Tenney is a tremendous actor. You know him from all kinds of things, and we had the absolute pleasure of casting him in Shrinking. He's been a pleasure to work with over this first season. He's amazing, and I was very excited to get a chance to talk life and films with him. He also co-wrote, co-produced, and starred in an incredible short film called Jade that I watched just before we recorded this. It's fucking brilliant. He's brilliant. We did this over Zoom, And I really think you're going to love it. It's one of my favourite episodes. So that is it for now. I hope you're all well. And I very much hope you enjoy episode 236 of Films To Be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer a producer, a movie star, a stage star, a man, a lover, a fighter, but only in the peaceful way and only for what he believes in and a actor and one of the biggest breakout stars of the 21st century and one of the best and most wonderful men currently working on TV, he's a legend and a hero, and a guy. Please, can you believe it? He's here. He also does voices. Please welcome to the show, the amazing, the brilliant, the beautiful, it's Luke Teddy!
2: Man, what an intro. You lucky I ain't giving you an intro because we be here all day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, Life's good. Thank you very much for doing this. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Luke Tenney, we are recording this at the time that three episodes of Shrinking have aired. I was very excited to get you on the podcast and I do feel like timing wise, this may be the last time you ever have time to do a podcast, which is why I'm making you do it now before you're so fucking famous and big, you can't really do anything else. So thank you for doing this. Uh, Part part
2: of that's your fault, but we gonna see we gonna see how it goes. But thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. I love what you do. I'll take
0: I'll take the blame. Yeah, yeah, that's on you. (laughs) You are in shrinking. You are fucking brilliant, and I'm happy to tell the story. I'm proud to tell the story that you came and auditioned. We auditioned on Zoom. We did it on a Zoom, and there was no other choice. It is a really wonderful thing when you're making something. It's such a mercurial thing, casting, as you well know, that people come and some people are very good and there were loads of people that were really good. But when you appeared, it was like, this is the fucking guy. You were brilliant from the first reading to the recall, chemistry tests, whatever we put you through. You were fucking brilliant and you were clearly so lovely. And we have a no dickhead rule. You passed that immediately. (laughs) But not only are you fucking brilliant in the show, which you are, but... You then, the more I've got to know you, I really, really like you. And what I really like is you said, I've made this short. Do you, would you would you be interested in seeing it? I watched your short that you wrote and produced and starred in. It's fucking brilliant. And it, and I don't Thank know, you, I man. want to, are you, are you releasing? How can people see it? Because it's so good. Oh, you're too kind, man. Thank
2: you. Uh, first, we're doing the, the festival circuit. And then once we finish that up. Okay. We're going to see about uh, YouTube and you got to like pay money to get yeah. on stuff like Amazon. But we're going to we're going right. to pursue whatever avenue where people can watch it on a streaming service. So that's our eventual goal. But right now, we're just trying to get it in the festival to see if we can win some trophies.
0: But thank you for your, uh, your feedback. I, think you I really appreciate it. It's really good. I, I, I'd like to know a lot about it, actually. It's you and your friend Noam. Yep. And you and you wrote it and produced it. And you told me you shot it in three days. Yes, sir. Yeah, we shot that in three days, December 8th, 9th, and 10th in uh, 2021. It's so impressive. And it kind of, it's got a bit of a do the right thing vibe to it in terms of (laughs) the cutaways and the uh, directly talking into the lens. But it's this sort of, for those of you haven't seen it yet, and I highly recommend it. The story is, man goes to get a haircut, is the story, is plot, that's what happens. But within this plot, you get You get an entire sort of portrait of a neighborhood and a friendship. And there's this really, it's really moving and it's only 15 minutes. And there's a a device in it where there's this kind of narrator telling you, these are this person, this is this person, they're like this, they're like this. And then at some point, suddenly you two, the main two characters, respond to the narrator and like you're being watched by them. It's, It's really good. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You're very good at it. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, we worked our butts off hoping to not suck. So if we hear it's good, that's even better. Yeah. Why that? Why was that your your thing you wanted to say? It felt very personal and real, but yeah. What, where did it come from, may I ask? Great question. Norm and I have
2: known each other for like 10 years now. And I used to kind of pride myself on how much harder I would work than everybody. Like I used to play football. So when I was in college... Right. Football
0: football or handball football?
2: (laughs) Handball football, American football. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I wasn't very good, but I I gave, I had a lot of heart, you know, and and Mm -hmm. that kind of really gave me confidence. So when I started acting, I was like, I'm going to treat it the same way. I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to get in the locker room. Like I just had the same vision. And then I could see like how people responded to that. And I really kind of liked that. And then I met Noam and was like, I will never outwork this dude no matter how much <laughs> I try. It's just in him. He's just like up at four and like asleep at like 11. And he just, mm-hmm. that's how he lives his life. So he was the hardest worker I had ever met. But the first time I had been in New York was for college. And that's when I met Noam, who was a New Yorker through and through. Where were you, sorry, where were you before New York? Oh, I grew no. up. I grew up in South Florida. I was born in Chicago and I grew oh, up in right. South Florida. Yeah, and the first time I got to New York was when I was doing doing college, where I met Norm. But yeah, so I, I was falling in love with this city. Florida was like fine, and then New York was electrifying. There was all this movement. And then I got so introduced to all these different types of plays and cinema. Like I saw my first Broadway play, which was Once, which hey. was so moving, and I thought it was electrifying. And I just fell in love with the whole city. And Norm and I wanted to kind of create an ode to New York when we started writing, but he actually hit me up with a film he wrote by himself called OT, which we had planned to shoot March 25th, 2020. We never got to shoot that film. Um, But why? You know, (laughs) COVID. But in our, well, are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? We just kept writing and kept working together and kept meeting on Zoom just like this. And until we ended up writing a film that we could shoot through COVID That carried a lot of our hearts Message that we wanted to kind of If we were to introduce ourselves It's like this is what we care about Style, rhythm and brotherhood It's
0: just like things we're passionate yeah. about So that's that's how Jade was created And the the music in it is amazing it, What What is that music? Is that oh, made man. for it? So
2: this dude I found this dude about a year ago His name is O'Gosh Leotis And he's a DJ Wow And this dude I pay very close attention musically because my mother was a music teacher and rhythm is something that influences so much of how I appreciate text as an actor, how I appreciate reading dialogue. When I hear it, I just know like certain percussive elements and he seemed to have this sort of swing in his rhythm. He was like manipulating the music to kind of miss intentionally on certain rhythms. And I was like, I-, I hope this dude will let me put some of his music in our movie. And I hit him up. I told him I thought it was dope. And he was like, hey, I like the premise. Go for it. And we got oh, to wow. we got to put his stuff in our joint and we chopped it. It's edited. So it, and
0: I think he's amazing. I think that dude is a genius. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you. Oh, well, so what do you want? Do you want to do all of it? Do you want to act write, direct? Ah, oh, That's a good question, man. I think, I think it just depends on necessity.
2: I can tell you my main goal right now is I know a lot of homies who, a lot of them you met the other night at the, at the premiere. Yeah. Just, yeah, I know they, people they. who are way more talented than me who haven't been afforded right. any opportunities and I'm trying to give them some. So I want to produce, write, not necessarily direct, but I might fall into that depending on if mm-hmm. I can afford to get somebody, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. but I want to make opportunities for people
2: um, that they can be passionate about. So that they can get to work.
0: When did you start acting? Like what? T- what took you from handball football to acting? <laughs> I love
2: that. <laughs> um, so I was playing handball football in my junior year, yeah. <laughs> which for for you all is my eleventh year. Twelfth is the final year of high school for you guys, right? Okay. Yeah.
0: So I was so like. 16,
2: 17? Yes. And um, okay. that was all I cared about. I was trying to go to college for free. But then um, I was taking this acting class because my dad was like, hey, take something with like drama where you speak, take a debate course or something. You talk nice. I want you to talk better. I was like, yes, sir. So I took drama and it was cool and everything. But I forgot to change my elective, which means like there are certain classes you pick. So I ended up in right. like the advanced course the next year. This lady walks in and she is not playing. She just took acting so seriously. And it just infected me. I was like, I didn't know it was a craft. Like, I didn't know it was like a job. <laughs> and I, I, I just got hooked from that point on. So I applied for for some theater colleges. And when I got in, I was like, I'm going to do this for real. Where did you go? I went to a school called AMDA, which is short for American Musical Dramatic Academy. It was okay. hard, but I liked it. So you did, you did musicals as well? Oh, no. They had an acting program. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> but I do, I do sing, but not well. Huh? I sing because I like it. <laughs> He, okay, last question on this. I ask this for everyone, really. Shrinking, you're doing this show where your co-stars are Harrison Ford and Jason Segel and Jessica Williams and Lukita Maxwell and Michael Yuri And you, in all the, every interaction I've had with you, every rush I saw, every moment, you always seem totally calm and totally comfortable. On the inside, where you're going, fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> like, I man, that's acting. <laughs> Yeah, very good accent.
2: Man, I'm nervous now, bro. You know how much of a fan I am of you. And it's like <laughs> the fact that I get to be able to work with so many people who I admire and respect is something that, will. one, it creates a sort of like imposter syndrome. But the the other side of that coin is like, there's a hope that, hey, there's a shot. This might be where I'm supposed yeah. to be. And that right there, so long as... That's not the only side of the coin that you, you stand on. Um, yeah. it, it's worth it. It's worth the excitement. It's worth the, wh- where some people might say stress, but also y'all are, y'all are good folks. So if you are looking at me like I'm calm, it's cause they're good people, not being jerks about anything. That's nice. What
0: was the very first day you shot? Was it in Jimmy's office? My first day on set was yeah. fighting in the, in the ring. Oh shit. We did all
2: the MMA stuff. And then the portions where Jason's telling me about losing Tia and all the fights, everything in the MMA gym. We did that all one day. It was so much fun.
0: Wow. A little side note for the audience more and to embarrass you. We (laughs) did a, we did a, like a Q and a panel thing in New York and it was the full, full casting and me and Bill and Neil Goldman and everyone's on stage being very funny and, being asked questions, and then it finally got to you. And you said, oh, I'm not funny. I'm the least funny person in my family. And then you did like a killer fucking... A killer five-minute type five, brought the house down. And I was like, this fucking guy. Says he's not funny. And then comes out and smashes it up.
2: I'm telling you, man, you just got to be my family. Like, I don't know what to tell you. They just... There's joke. You could ask him. You could ask Josh in particular. Be like, so and he just do. He's so wise and he's so chill. He got all these dreadlocks and he wears glasses and he got all the handsome and all the swole. And you can just ask him, like, is it true? Like, did Luke have trouble with comedy? He'd be like, let me tell you something. It wasn't looking pretty. All right. It wasn't looking good. I don't know what happened, but we had to work on him. We had we had to put that into him because because it wasn't in his genes. I right? like he would just
0: tell you how it is. How many in your family?
2: Growing up, it was I'm the youngest, and then there's my older brother right. Josh, and he's two years older than me. And then there's my sister Mickey, and she's seven years older than me. And I had two parents growing up, so life was peachy. Nice. And you all close? Well, there was a time where after I actually lost my mom in 2016, and she was oh, like,
0: shit. "I'm so sorry."
2: Hey, man, appreciate it. Um, She was like glue. You know how it is. You got sort of matriarch. And um, her name was Rosalind. And we called her Rose for short. And every time we'd go to church, everybody would say, what's up, Mama Rose, Sister Rose. It was Mama or Sister, Mm. family. Like, she just made everybody feel like family. And we were family. But when she passed, it took us a bit. But I think as of late, like, there's probably not been one day over the past year we haven't exchanged some sort of, like, meme Or, Hey, y'all check this out in our little, in our little WhatsApp group. And it's been the delight of my life to slowly Mm. introduce my family to my wife. Cause I fell in love over the course of that kind of growth and I got married. And now, like, now I feel like I can tell my wife, this is my family. Like when you met me, Mm. my family was like pulling it together. But as of late, I'm like, this is, this is how
0: it is. And she's having a good time too. Fucking hell, you're killing me. Uh, when, how long you been? How long you been married?
2: I got married about a year and a half ago. It was the best decision I ever made.
0: Ah, um, Luke. It was, it was a good choice, come man. On, man. It was a good choice. Listen, she's wonderful. It
2: was yeah, you have met her. She's great. And the thing yeah. is, like, I know she's great. I do. That's why I married her. But also, I leave her alone in a group of people for like 14 seconds yeah. and come back, and they're like, "Hey, man, listen, you can't <laughs> screw this up." I'm like, "What Don't the she say to man. you?" She's amazing,
0: and you do not screw this up. Yeah, you fuck this up, and I'll kill you. I will kill you.
2: I've I've had those words said to me. Actually, it was (laughs) Lana Condor who said it. I'm not sure if you know who she is, but she's another actor who I've worked with on my first TV show. And she was like, "Listen, you can't do not screw this up." Like I felt like my life (laughs) was at risk. But people love her. It is. So do I. It is.
0: Well, Luke. uh, Fuck. uh, Fuck. Fuck, I forgot to tell you something.
2: Fuck! Oh, what's up? What's up? What happened? Oh, fuck.
0: I forgot to tell you. I sh- fuck, I should have told you before we started and I'm an idiot. Uh, you can uh, tell me now. I mean... Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. What is it? ah, uh, oh, gee whiz. <laughs> how do I How do I put this into sort of plain English, I suppose? Uh, huh. You've died. You're dead. Dead. Oh, f- I cannot believe this. I, I am shocked. Yeah. I am appalled. I didn't see this coming. No. I should have, I really should have given you warning. How did you die? Oh, man. You know,
2: I, last thing I remember, I, I opened a Zoom link and this like really handsome dude popped up. And I think everything just kind of went dark after that. <laughs> <What>? Jesus. <laughs> what? So it was like the devil? What happened? The devil came <laughs> It was an angel. It was an angel. It <laughs> looked a lot like Roy Kent. It was great. <laughs> an angel of death. Oh, boy. <laughs> How, how did I die? I think I died happy, probably in my sleep at like 80 after eating some bomb barbecue and playing like Smash Bros with my great-grandchildren. That's probably how I died. So you
0: you had some good barbecue, but you died in your sleep. Now, I don't know if you know my theory on this. I don't believe people die in their sleep. I mean, I believe people die in their sleep. Oh, they wake up to die? <laughs> I think no one's seeing the tremendous, horrific death that they're going through. <laughs> it's just that you go. Well, I think they were asleep, but we don't know. Yeah, we don't know they were asleep. So what probably happened is this barbecue was an issue. It Was more of an issue than we thought, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> hilarious. I've
2: never heard that before. But it's like <laughs> dying in your sleep. It's like they probably woke up, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you, so you had you, you maybe ate the barbecue the wrong way and it got clogged in your in your arteries and. Yeah, man. probably suffered a probably a horrific death. Anyway, Something rough. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: do you do you worry about death? I, when I was a kid, I used to. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the church and I had a pretty solid understanding of of what I believe. And I think my parents kind of raised me to be so grateful for stuff. That eventually this like authentic sort of gratitude kicked in to where mm. there have been so many like great things that have happened in my life, whether they're great because they're great or great because I thought they were great, that every few years I'd be like, you know what? Like if I get hit by a bus, I ain't trying to fight it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's it's been a good, it's been a good time. I know some homies of mine would we'll be mm-hmm. like, nah, man, like, I'm like, just mm-hmm. think about it, man. Like, what is it yeah. that we want that we don't have? Like I have everything I want, you know? But I, I used to no, fear no. when I was a kid, I think just for being young, just for being young, but not anymore.
0: Can I ask, when you say you're clear on what your, your belief is, can you tell me what that is? Is it a heaven? Is it? What is that? How does it look?
2: I just think I'm going to be able to see my mom again and that we're going to have a good time. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to see her again. And I totally respect people who are like, amen, yeah. hey that's it. Like one of my favorite creatives is Ricky Gervais.
0: And he is like a mm-hmm. devout
2: atheist. And I love all really? of his
0: content but he's bang not into it yeah yeah
2: and I, I love it I think that it's on the right side of getting people to understand each other's value but I just think I'm gonna be able to see my mom again Luke, I'd rather be wrong Luke, about you, that
0: <laughs> you know let me tell you something I got good news you're right there is a heaven <laughs> yes you're absolutely right you smashed it Ricky was wrong you were right. Uh, there's a heaven. You get to see your mom. It's really lovely. Mm-hmm. Everyone is very excited to see you. It's filled with your favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? Uh, Maria.
2: it's my wife. She's a human, but I don't want her to die. Favorite thing? I don't know. Food? Barbecue. Let's go
0: with barbecue. <laughs> okay. Well, you can have both. Yes. Uh, Ma- Maria yeah. has has been cloned, and there are a million Marias in heaven. They're everywhere, and they yes. all like you. But the catch is, none of them want you sleeping with anyone else. So you have to make sure that the Maria that you're with is the right Maria. So it's slightly tricky. You figure that out. You figure it out. Got forever. Um, <laughs> You've got forever. And there's there's seven barbecue everywhere. The seats are made of uh, pork belly. It's great. You'll love it. But also, everyone wants to, all the Marias want to talk to you about your life, but they want to talk about your life through film. The first thing they ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing, Luke Tenney? I'm
1: pretty
2: sure the first film I remember seeing
0: was Oliver and Company. It's an animated (gasps) film. You know that joint? Yeah. Oh, do I? You know why I know that joint? Not only because I know all films, but also because that Oliver and Company, which for those who don't know, it's a Disney film, cartoon film, Oliver Twist, but Oliver's a kitten is also one of the only films that stars Billy Joel, who is my favorite.
2: Oh my gosh. Also one from, minute, also from I'm minute Central Park is so good.
0: Yeah. Oh.
2: Why should I worry? Why should I care? It's so good. And the moral is great. And mm-hmm. I think at an early age, like I do I do also remember some animated films I saw when I was young that talked about like some heavy issues, like the fox and the hound. and like Oliver and company had music and it moved me as a kid and you know what that might have been one of the reasons why I fell so in love with New York because eventually I got there and it was the place I'd seen and heard of my whole life and now I live here in this place people make movies about it's a great film lovely performances and the art was great but man that music bro that voice
0: so good so you, so you were walking around New York. Why should I worry? Thinking Absolutely. You're, you're the Alpha Dodger dog. Oh, I love man. that look. It's
2: such a good flick, man.
0: It's great. It's great music. Did you uh, see it at the cinema or on, at home? I'm pretty
2: sure we had that on like a dusty VHS. Yeah.
0: Because
2: that movie that movie came out before I was born. I'm, I was born in 94. But my, right. my brother and sister had been around. So by the time I got around, there was a lot of like... A lot of content for us to watch at the crib. A lot of animated stuff. We had All Dogs Go to Heaven. We had We Are Back. Yeah. Like there was so much good animated. We had Fern Gully, which
0: scared me a little Fern Gully, bit. The Last Rainforest. Yeah, yeah. Pre-Avatar. A lot of good stuff. But I, I definitely remember that one. That is lovely and it has never come up before. What is the message of Oliver and Company that you love so much? If I had to guess, it's probably
2: your chosen family is the, the most important family. Because at some point you do have to choose your blood family. Because if you don't, mm-hmm. they might not be anything other than relatives, as opposed to family. But what was so cool about that flick was like he was just this little kid who just had such a simple goal. Who was like I just wanna, you know, I just want a family, and he found it, and they chose him. He chose them. It was beautiful.
0: Luke, God, you're great. What is <laughs> the film that scared you the most? And do you like being scared? I hate it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> my
2: wife loves scary movies. I love my wife. How's that working? <gasps> How is that working? It's working that I found, a, I'm going to reveal myself here. I found yeah. a way to cheat watching scary movies with her. What's, this? So, What's the secret? So, like the frame of the TV or the even if we're in the theater it mm-hmm. has all the violence, I look here. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's always looking up at me, and I'm looking. Oh wow! But because I'm not seeing everything in HD, and it's just peripheral, I can survive a little bit. But she's definitely gonna watch just this. Look at
0: the bottom corner. I you just watch bottom corner I of the screen, just off screen, and I'm I'm
2: safe. That's what I do. But the sounds get me too. I became obsessed with a genre called cosmic horror, and yes, I watched this film that I don't know if people will know, but it's called In the Mountains of Madness. Yes. It scared the, the mess out of me. Sam Neil,
0: he plays the lead. Sam Neill, in the mouth of madness, is a John yes. Carpenter film. He's he's written a book that sort of comes to life and is yeah, it's fucking great. Yes, in the
2: mouth of madness. And it was adapted from the HP Lovecraft book in the mountains of
0: madness. In the Mountains of Madness. Man- and that's yes.
2: that's how I switched the names up. But that movie is terrifying because cosmic horror is the study of existential dread, which is like humanity in the face of absolute demise, learning how insignificant we are. Not quite sure why that's the thing that really sucks me in when it comes to horror, but a bunch of cosmic horror films just really pique my interest where the threat is not quantifiable or comprehensible. It's just here to do nature and we're all just swept away for the ride. There's something about that, man. It just piques my interest.
0: Yeah, that's so... Do, do you have any idea why that's your thing? Because it's never come up before. Like, most people are like, oh, I'm scared of someone breaking in my house or of being stabbed. But yours is the insignificance of humanity on the planet.
2: What if we don't mean anything? What if we're not mm. special? Maybe that is the fear. But when I think of other Cosmic Horror films like Annihilation or... um event horizon there's also sam neill (laughs) yeah yeah there's no backstory for the villain think of like all these great horror villains there's some there's something in there where maybe we can sympathize how you gonna sympathize with the literal like hellscape of event horizon or how do you sympathize with eldritch horrors that have been here longer than we've been conscious (laughs) hold (laughs) on what is eldritch what's eldritch you know what? I don't even know. That's just a word people no. use when they talk about H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Like, I was trying like, to catch you out. I was
0: wanting to learn. I'm really sorry.
2: I, I don't know. That's how they describe Cthulhu in them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like old okay. eldritch gods. Like the gods who are all-knowing and
0: like just here Honestly. before everything. They're not even evil. They just aren't worried about us. Maybe that's a theory I am going to put to you. Maybe... If you were raised in the church and what you are told, you, you what you believe in is a sort of loving God, then these horror films are saying, what if God doesn't care? Mm. Maybe that's the, that's the, why it's terrifying. Because it's not even, what if
2: there is no God? Yeah. It's what if there is it's, one and he just, he ain't worried about you. He, she, yeah. it, they, just doesn't care. Mm. That's that actually tiring. a really good take. Because I, I, I never found the, um I never found the concepts or the plots of slasher movies terrifying. It was just yeah. the action. Oh, it would hurt to be stabbed. I don't want that to happen.
0: Yeah. But it's also maybe, I think those things play on the fear of like, it's not just your sort of grand view. It's the thing of if you are ultimately, which I believe you are, a sort of optimistic person who believes, you know, you like you say, you believe in brotherhood and you believe in people loving each other and caring about each other. Those films say... What if none of none of it matters, and mm-hmm. everything is there is there is no good or bad, there is no love or hate. It is perpetual nothingness, and no one cares.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> I think I think that's really the heart of it. But look, man, I'm yeah. I'm obsessed with it. And then I think conversely, there's like there's a great opportunity where if you can turn that concept on its head, you get something like Interstellar. Where in the middle of the movie, yeah. you hear Anne Hathaway's character saying, "What if love is quantifiable? I mean, it's the reason I'm mm-hmm. here." Why should we treat love as any less data than your numbers on your screen? How do we trust that? Turns out they couldn't trust that. And then by the end of the flick, you learn, Mm -hmm. oh, the thing that brought her out here, this inconsequential thing was actually very consequential since it's the reason why the human race can live on.
0: Yeah. You you know, something I I often think about, there's a comedian in England and he told me years before it was like fashionable, He, he was in Peru and he did ayahuasca years before I'd heard of ayahuasca and he did it like in the jungle like like proper hardcore and he had quite an intense experience and it sort of they were worried he was going to die like it was all too much but within his experience he said to me that he saw that love was a thing was a physical thing that you could hold and that genuinely he could see love that it was this presence that connected everyone and was almost like he could touch it. So I can't remember quite how he described it, but sort of like glue that it was literally, he was like, Oh, it's a thing, love. It isn't this idea. It's a physical thing, which I always thought about. I mean, he was also off his nut, but.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there's that. (laughs) But the reason why that, like, it almost inspires me, or the reason why I connect to that claim is because for this cosmic horror genre to survive, uh, and for it to be um so compelling to any individual, including me, I think mm. it has to take something based in a sort of reality and turn it on its head. So I don't think cosmic yeah. horror is talking about evil. It's talking about zero, the lack of, mm. you know, as yeah. opposed to anti-matter, it's just no matter. Yeah. There's light and yeah. darkness, which is not quite a thing. It's just not light. Mm. So maybe this yeah. cosmic horror is just not love as opposed to something yeah. moving it is just when there is not absence. And that's the fear, you know? Zero. Not this idea of less than. Like, what if the buck stops yeah. when there's just no love? You know what I'm saying? Like, what a great concept.
0: I do. I think that's why I like the horror films that I like. Are, I like ghosts. Horror fi- I like ghost, ghosty ghost films. I like Ooh, spooky like films. I like the fun ones like Paranormal Activity. But I like the deep ones like Don't Look Now. You know, I like my favorite kind of horrors is ghost ones. And one of the reasons I like them is a positive reason, because I do think any films with ghosts in them, it's like this idea. If you take away the scary bit of it, it's a positive idea of there's so much more and there are there is the other side and there is hope and there is this isn't it. There's more and the people that you love that, you know, what I mean, like it, it opens the door to some lovely things. But it shows you the scary side of it. But you know, if you, if it's like you're saying, if you flip a cosmic horror on its head, a cosmic horror is saying it's all love, you know? Yeah. And you flip a scary film, it goes, hey, there's life worry.
2: after this. There's something after. Yeah, yeah. I've never there's once more. considered that.
0: Yeah, it's nice. What? Okay.
2: <laughs> Maybe now um, I can survive Friday nights with MJ talking about some, Bibble, you wanna watch this with me?
0: And it's something it's, nightmarish. <laughs> You can try and look slightly more towards the middle of the screen. Uh, yeah. Just slightly higher. You can slightly move your way up. What is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? In movies. And the one that made me cry the most is About Time. Fucking hell.
2: Y- y- you know it. You're not wrong. Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, my goodness. I sobbed. Yeah. So I just... I haven't brought myself to rewatch it. But that was the first yeah. time, I think... In the movie, I sobbed like while the movie was happening as opposed to after. Where like second place is probably it's probably Warrior with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's about brothers and you know me. Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> loves 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 his brother. I <laughs> loves George. Just I love you, I love you, Tommy. I was crying. <laughs> but in about time, I wept tears of joy. Because the whole movie is about this guy with a superpower. And then at the end, he's like, you know what I learned? The same thing that you have the opportunity to learn. The same thing. It didn't give me any edge. All it did Mm -hmm. was teach me to be more and more grateful to be here. Not to be super powered in here. To be here. And I'm freaking gone, bro. I'm just, (laughs) I'm so gone. And I also am obsessed with anything that deals with time in a way that treats time as though it's, not linear. So it was Mm. the perfect mix of science fiction, romance, and just, I can't even call it feel good, man. It was like, it was almost like a societal analysis of humanity and also boyhood, like this Mm. sort of.
0: Yeah. That's a film about time.
2: Yeah. Like he's growing out of being a boy Mm. and that's why his father tells him about this thing. He's like, you're a man now. And it just changed so much of my uh, perspective.
0: Good flick. Great answer. You're very good at this, Luke. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, what, is, what is the film that you love? It is not critically acclaimed. A lot of people don't like it, but you say you're all dum-dums. I love this.
2: Well, I just mentioned Warrior, which
0: I don't mm-hmm. think had any negative critical acclaim. But
2: I thought that movie was genius. It was like an action yeah. movie and also like a sort of literal bromance. It was so good.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But you know what, man? I'm tired of people judging every movie like it should be filet mignon sometimes you just want a snack sometimes you <laughs> want popcorn and if people walk into a movie saying I-, I ordered filet mignon and it's like yo we don't serve that here we got hot dogs and hamburgers so i'm gonna say this with confidence tron yeah. legacy oh nice my goodness gracious just press play on that movie i dare somebody to tell me it ain't pretty press play on that movie close your eyes I dare somebody to tell me it don't sound pretty. Bro, that's death Punk. And we ain't getting that back. You know what I'm saying? And I can't really tell you what happens.
0: (laughs) In that movie.
2: But it looked good and it sounded good. And it's... (laughs) I I don't get the hate. It's like we sometimes just want to go on a roller coaster. Who gets off a roller coaster with notes?
0: You know what I'm saying? Oh, Luke. (laughs) Luke. (laughs) Very... Yes... Put it on the wall. Who gets off a roller coaster with notes? I think the twirls, there, Man, just ride. Let me tell you this. I saw yesterday. I was a bit behind seeing it. I saw Megan, Mithrigan. Mm, yes, Matregan of course. I saw it at the cinema. Let me tell you, that film is a five-star film. And I'll tell you for why. I haven't seen a film at the cinema that's 90 minutes that is fucking fun. It was so fun. That was a film that was like, I'm here to entertain you. You want to have some fun? Come and see Megan. It's so fun. It's so well done. It has some ideas in it that if you really want to analyze it, I could argue that there's quite some serious stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But really what it is, is a fucking good time and not pretending to be something it's not. It's fucking great. And I thought, God, I haven't seen a film that was like, I've just had fucking great time at the cinema in ages.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie, and what I loved it's about fun. going in the theater—yes, it's fun. What I loved about going in the theater too was the the roller coaster sense. Like mm. most roller coasters, I can't think of any that's like a single writer that's legendary. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The the yeah. fun part is watching everybody do like this. You know,
0: yeah, putting your hands up.
2: And in that movie theater, I, I remember so many laughs. I remember so it's many so oohs. I remember so many gasps. The biggest gasp in that movie was the, a spoiler alert for y'all who want to skip like five seconds ahead. She was like, mm. hey, turn off,
0: Megan. And she goes, now nah, hang on really? a second. We're talking. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yo. That's so good. The whole and just just the way just Megan kinda... looks. Megan's doing looks, listening. It's, it's great. It was a good it's time. Really it was fun. Fun. Proper fun. Well done, Mithrigan. Yes. Now, what is it, on the other hand, what's a film that you used to love? but you've watched it recently and you don't like it anymore. You know what? I'm I'm kind of half answering your question. I think this film doesn't
2: really like hold up. Like it's not to watch now, but it's still one of my favorite films. I just know like we can't make this. We can't make this film again. And that film is Rush Hour. I love that movie so much.
0: I love Rush Hour.
2: If you press play on that movie, the stuff that those dudes (laughs) are saying to each other in 2023. Oh my gosh. There is there is no way there is there is no way that a script supervisor or or like an editor or any sort of producer would greenlight any of that dialogue. But holy smokes, man, it's a it's a good time.
0: (laughs) Just like there's some there's some of it I don't imagine. It's just it's it's tough, man. (laughs) They're really cracking on each other. You may well be right. That is not what to press play on and just keep it in your heart. Yeah. like oh, one of the
2: best fight scenes starts because of some stuff I probably can't even say, but I'll tell you what though, none of the community that I know is upset for Jackie Chan for saying the words that he has to say in that script. <laughs> but the people in the movie, he wasn't Jackie Chan; he was just police officers. so it was it was pretty <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> Great flick, but nah, you can't you
0: can't make that today at all. Yeah. Cut to reboot Rush Hour on its way. <laughs> I'd be so surprised. <laughs> um. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but the experience you had around seeing the film will always make it special to you.
2: Okay, this came to mind right, right as you were speaking because, so I started seeing Maria in 2017 and mm-hmm. she was pretty upfront with me. Like before, like I courted
0: her. She's old school. So we spent like two how months. How'd you meet her? how do you come across each other?
2: She just went to my, my college and apparently... Oh, okay. I ain't noticed and if she can not hear me outside, well, I'm sorry, I'm dead. She can't hear she can't hear nothing cuz I'm dead. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's straight like that. <laughs> she ain't got to worry about it. Um <laughs> she she liked me. I had no idea. And I apparently she would like hear me on campus and then she would like and then she would like walk by mm-hmm. and that was her way of, like, trying to get my attention. I'm like, I'm dumb, bro. I ain't gonna see that. <laughs> like, if you would have told me, we could have started this soon, but it's fine. You
0: know, it worked out. You keep walking away. You were giving me the opposite <laughs> signal. Just
2: walk by, or like, morning, Luke. And that was like, yeah, that was my hint. I'm like, really?
0: <laughs> I'm
2: gonna need more. But, um, eventually, I had some people around me who were like, hey, man, you picking up any hints? I was like, no. They were like, there's some hints, bro. So I asked her out, and, um, she was just everything that I was looking for. And eventually we were just hanging out. There was a day I came over, I was like there's was something I was helping her out with at like noon on a Saturday. And we were just going to spend the day watching a movie. And she was like, yo, I want to show you a Wes Anderson movie. I was like, I've never seen a Wes Anderson movie. She showed me the Grand Budapest hotel. I was like, Oh, this is great. Mm. I loved it. That's not the movie. Then, she showed me the greatest showman, which she, she had already seen, but she took me oh, really? to the dollar theater and was like, you got to see this movie. I was like, I love watching movies. I will do this all day. She was like, really? I was like, yeah. So we watched greatest showman. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm hype. I love the whole soundtrack. We listened to the soundtrack on the way back to her apartment. We get there. I don't even remember what movie we watched next, but she put on another movie. I was like, this was so much fun. I think, you know what? I think it was now you see me, okay, which I hadn't yeah. seen at the time is the magic movie. Because yeah. the next movie was the one that I put on, and I was like, "If she if she likes this movie, then I feel like I found her."
0: <gasps> what was it?
2: And it was the Prestige with Christopher Nolan. Yes. and she watched that movie so intently, and then it ended, and she looked at me, and she was like, "I love it." And I heard, "I love you." You know, it's just how my ears work sometimes. You tell me you love <laughs> a movie that I love, <laughs> but I think the whole the whole thing was like, I love movies so much, really? all kinds of movies. And then I'm sitting here with this lady whose face I like, who has this great Mm -hmm. personality. And then she likes what I like. She loves what I love. Like she has a heart for cinema. And Mm -hmm. after The Prestige, we just like sat and talked about film, just like how you and I are doing now. And man, I just, I fell in love. I was like, I I think I knew I fell in love with my wife because of Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. And talk about those performances, man. Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Piper Parabo. We got Scarlett
0: Johansson in there. Like so many good performers. David Bowie was in that movie. Yeah. He pops up as Tesla. As Tesla. As Elon Musk. He pops yeah. up as Elon Musk. Right. Yeah, it. He does. <laughs> but yeah, I fell in love. The Prestige has one of my favorite moments in. I don't think it's a spoiler because I'm not explaining what, what it means, but the wife says to Christian Bale, Some days I look at you and I see so much love in your eyes. And other days I look at you and I don't think you love me at all. And she says, What about today? And he goes, I don't. Killer. for a movie. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> I, w- I was not ready. <laughs> I-, I cried in that
2: one a fair amount the first time I saw it because I was confused. When this... Because <laughs> you were like... <laughs> yeah, it was a Chris Vanola movie. I was like, why, why can't they be happy? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> had you, if I may ask, kissed and whatnot before this <laughs> magical movie day? Yeah, we kissed and whatnot. But like... Okay, good. But like,
2: uh, you know, I had never really... Like, like I said, in college, like girls didn't like, like me.
0: So What the fuck are you talking about? Or or if it's they did, man, I, I
2: didn't to. know. I didn't know. Okay? They just Let kept me just walking say that. past.
0: Everyone walking past you. <laughs> I, did, hey, I just I'll didn't know. <laughs> um, just, just, hordes of women just walking past you and your friends kind of, you get the hit? Get the hit? <laughs> They're all running so away. I, I was either
2: dumb, but there was a lot of like real good looking dudes who were way more talented than me. So like, I don't know. Mm. But when it when it came to Maria, I was just trying to verify that it was that it was like really going on. So I, I was always oh. just trying to trying to court her in a in a way that she
0: felt mm. that I. It was it was just like. Is there anything better than falling in love over films? Is there? I put a ring on it, man. Like that's
2: why I'm here. Like we talk about that night all the time, and she she looks mm. like she remembers it fondly, but I don't think. She, because for her it happened in a different area of our relationship. So when I look back on that day, I'm like, like since that day, I was like, whether we're together or not, I'm screwed. Like this is right. this is, I've I've just never been in love like
0: this. I'm this I'm done. Oh, but she already was way before uh, all the time walking walking past you. Well,
2: yeah, she she was like when we finally started seeing each other. Like before mm-hmm. we were like, yo, let's be boyfriend girlfriend. She flat out was like, hey, look, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I got some serious feelings for you. And if that scares you, you can get to step stepping. It's just how I, it's just where I'm at. But if you're in, then we're in this thing. Like, I'm not that kind of girl who's like, oh, we see this. We see that. Like, if you in here, we in here. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Which is what I was looking for, too. But it was the way she, she was just like, I'm not beating around this bush, man. I like you a lot. So let's get this thing popping. It was great.
0: Amazing. What is the film that you most relate to, Luke Tenney? Okay.
2: I think this one's a double whammy because I saw Chef and I admired so much this guy who just wanted to do a good job doing what he loved. But then I saw Whiplash and I saw this Mm. guy who wanted to be the greatest, what he did, like the greatest ever. And I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle because I'd be heartbroken if I didn't push myself to be what I think I'm fully capable of. But also, I'm just trying to make a good sandwich, you know? (laughs) Like, it's not that serious. I'm not saving babies, all right? You know, like, I ain't bringing people back to life. I'm telling stories I think are important and that I hope move people. And I got to know that. Like, I ain't discovering new planets or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm an artist. So, Chef kind of grounds me, but Whiplash kind of inspires me. There's like a, a an obvious, at least what I took away from the movie, was how dangerous... Ambition could be, and I know some mm. people who look at that movie. You know, kind of how some people have recently been looking at Patrick Bateman as like an example to like sort of detach yeah. from the world. I'm like, I don't know
0: if that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> but the same thing with Andrew Neiman. Like, uh, I think the 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 hint was it's called American Psycho. Psycho. Yeah, just uh, just, a, just a hint. I don't know how. But it's, and with Whiplash,
2: it's a little grayer. Like some people might think, yeah, I want to work that hard and be that good, but I'm not quite sure that was the message. Mm.
0: Well, I think uh, talked about it a bit on this podcast that um, Damien Chazelle clearly has a strange or uh, a, a quite a, an extreme view of work because in in Whiplash, you know, he he he's a perfectionist, but he isn't very nice, and he 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 loses his family, his relationships, everything in pursuit of this perfection, which he achieves, but at the cost of an entire life. You know, he has nothing else in his life other than finally the respect of a very abusive, toxic teacher. And then in LA... even in, trade. Uh, yeah, then in La La Land, as soon as Emma Stone gets a job, they're like, well, obviously we can't be together. And you're like, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you just got a job. And then in uh, First Man... You know, he's the first man on the moon, but at, at the clear near destruction of his marriage and then in Babylon, all the relationships are fucked in pursuit of this work. And yeah, I think he has a... I think he's he's in love. I don't know. I find it really interesting because I'm with you, I think. Uh, I think uh, Whiplash is... I don't know what side he's on with it. I can't tell. I'm, it's a bit of a Rorschach I'm not convinced... Test. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's a nice guy. And I don't mean <laughs> in a, like a in a sort of pathetic way. I mean genuinely I'm like I'm I'm not sure he's ever a nice guy though. I think that's what's quite interesting about the film. He's he's never particularly nice to his girlfriend or his family. It, it isn't like he loses something in pursuit of this perfectionist. I don't think he's ever really a decent person.
2: Yeah. I think the only thing that, that he, he
0: okay.
2: Yes, just like Patrick yeah. Bateman. Yeah. You know there, there's a there's a bit of like there's a bit of his reasoning Where he looks like a zealot As he's communicating it Like it's obvious mm. And that that's something I, I'll commend um, Miles Teller's performance on How hey, he's amazing in it Because the only other person We see that on in the film Is J.K. Simmons yeah. And that guy obviously Deserved all the awards <laughs> mm. But I think what was so compelling Was like you see This sort of imitation there Where mm. he's not imitating excellence He's imitating the consequences that he thinks come from excellence, which is mistreatment Mm -hmm. of people and like establishing a pecking order. And he thinks maybe if he emulates all that, the excellence will come. And I'm like, yeah, there's something about that where it's like there are people who so many people respect. Like, I love a lot of the work of Marlon Brando. But from what I heard, I'm not trying to be that. I'm good. Yeah. And honestly, If you are widely received as one of the greatest performers of all time, yet you had to do that, then you don't get that place in my book. Gotta be nice. Being nice requires zero talent. And if you can't be nice, and see, this is something that I admire about Jason Siegel, because Mm -hmm. when I started working with this dude, I learned something, that he comes to work done. So I I never saw him off in the corner, like, trying to get in the... He did it. So if somebody says good morning, he can say good morning, because he's not worried about making sure the scene is is perfect he did that already that's why he's here yeah that's why he's jason siegel and if i don't see that then i'm like not for me and that's something i loved so much about chef because there's there's this one scene where i see a father apologize to his son and he says i'm sorry i was so mean to you earlier i just really care about mm-hmm. this and i want you to care about this too he's like you want to come do this with me <laughs> I'm i'm dead i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I love that flick so much because it's this love story between a father and a son sharing this mm. love for a craft. And then in Whiplash, it's the the opposite. It's
0: the kind of opposite. Yeah, he yeah. he loses his father. He he doesn't respect him because he doesn't he's not the same. It's I mean, look, you know this. I completely 100% agree with you. I think there's no excuse to be awful, and I don't think it sacrifices art. I do, I, I, I'm aware of, there are scenes, there are moments, there are things you have to, that can be challenging and difficult, and particularly if you have a particularly emotional scene or something like, I have full respect for taking yourself off to, to, to a corner to be quiet for a minute because you need to get in the headspace or whatever, but to be abusive to people it just makes you think, well, you're not, you're a dickhead. <laughs> it just makes you think. Yeah, like that. That's it. Because that's it. there are plenty of other people who are good too. And exactly they ain't got to do all of that. Or, or some of them do. Yeah. And
2: it never goes well. Yeah. I'll, I'll always look at that as a sort of lesson. I'm never looking at that as like, ooh, I want to be that. But it's the other side of the coin. And I can't think it's impossible for me to be that. I have to understand it is possible, which is why I will make sure I
0: never become it. It's also like, what is life? As in, at the end of Whiplash, it's exactly that. It's like he achieves this perfect moment, full respect, well done. And then what? He's going to leave there. He's got no friends. He's got no love. He's got, it's nothing. Just keep, keep doing your perfect thing. It's interesting. What's the, what is life? What is, what is life? That's, That's the, the question. question.
2: <laughs> That's the question.
0: No, Oof, even goodness. better. The next question is what's the sexiest film you've ever seen? It's why people are here.
2: <laughs> Alright, look. I was young, and I really can't tell you what this movie about.
0: <laughs> Catwoman, for obvious reasons. Very, very. Listen, it has never come up. You're talking the Halle Berry Catwoman, I- absolutely. The second best Catwoman. Like, yeah, Halle Berry was. She was in a cat suit,
2: and mm-hmm. that's that's the movie. So, as a kid, I was yeah, I was dialed in, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, that's not filet mignon, that's not hot dog, that's like that's like a brownie, you know what I'm saying? Like, what they call it with the ice cream, a la mode, you know what I'm saying? The ice cream melting on the brownie or something?
0: That's it. It ain't good for you, but it's delicious. Catwoman. Fucking right. Fucking right. Catwoman <laughs> won a load of Razzies, and I really thought, hang on, what could you possibly negatively say about Catwoman? What are we talking about here? It's just, Halle, Halle
2: Berry was Catwoman, man. And I was, I just, I remember the one scene too when she first like became a cat and she was doing all of that. And I thought it was weird. <laughs> and then she like caught herself on the ground. She mm-hmm. like caught, like, cause they always land on their feet, right? Yeah. And then I was like, I think I am
0: an adult now. <laughs> Catwoman. <laughs> Catwoman. Okay. Traveling boners, worrying why don't. A film you found arousing that you weren't sure you should. What's that, Lick Teddy? <laughs> Catwalk. <laughs> <I'm just playing. laughs> you know what? I was thinking about not
2: saying this, but I feel like a lot of people are gonna agree with me.
0: Space Jam. Are you into Michael Jordan or Lady Lady Bugs Bunny?
2: It was the bunny rabbit, man. It was mm. like she seemed so cool, and she was a rabbit, but she seemed like yo, what's up? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but she, she was really one of the characters you. in the animation
0: where I was like, What's going on? Like this yeah. is a drawing. A drawing of a bunny. That's not it's not even a fucking sexy. It's a sexy bunny. There's no. They knew what here.
2: they were doing. We can't act like they didn't know. They knew. Because you can draw Mickey Mouse and there's a slew of all mm-hmm. these Disney princesses. I ain't named mm-hmm. none of them. I said Space Jam. <laughs> What's going
0: on? They knew what was going on. They knew what was going on. You can keep your princesses. I want the bunny. Well, I don't even remember her name. Was it Sally? Lady lady, Sexy Bunny? That's what we're going with. <laughs> lady Sexy Bunny. Lady Sexy Bunny should fucking fit. Objectively. <laughs> objectively, what's the greatest film of all time? Okay.
2: I'm going to cheat by leading up to it. So, initially, my opinion was Chinatown. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like, this is a movie that's like, this is what movies are at their best. And then it was Tootsie. Love it. I thought as a screenplay, perfect. Like it is a template on how to write good. But as of late, I thought long and hard about this. I'm going to pick get out. You can have it. I thought that that movie did things. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't felt like I was in class in the theater for a while. Cause a lot of the movies that I watched that made an impact on me, like I didn't really watch like cinephile movies growing up. I just watched like. You know, I was I was just a viewer. I didn't know I wanted to be an actor until I, I graduated high school. So I watched so many movies in education. You know, I watched The Godfather and I watched Tootsie and I watched Chinatown and I watched all these films that were I watched uh the player, Tim Robbins. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, yeah. I
2: watched all these movies that were highly regarded as like this is how you do cinema. And I I didn't really feel when I had gone to theaters that I was witnessing a part of cinema history until I saw Get Out. Like when that movie ended. I felt happy to be alive when it came out. Yeah. So I could tell people yeah. I saw that in theaters. The way people talk about Frankenstein or like Gone with the Wind. I just feel like Get Out's <laughs> going to be that. 50 years from now people will be like, "Oh, here's
0: why this is one of the greatest movies of all time." So that's that's my choice. I think you're right. I think you're right. And it does it does the thing that I often argue for. It's a it's a film that is profoundly about stuff. It is an incredibly serious film that also is fucking fun and exciting and funny and that's it that is the rare beast of it's like a sort of Oscar movie that's good for you that feels like a roller coaster.
2: Exactly. Sometimes the lines cross. And that's why like yeah. initially I was thinking like to pick a recent I wanted to pick a a recent movie for the goat and uh, I almost picked Moonlight because it's, like, perfect. But yeah. the one thing that Get Out has is what you described. It mm. feels like a roller coaster. And Moonlight is a perfect, like, slice of life film. It's mm. just, like, how you do that at the highest level. And then mm. I'll look at some performers and I'll, like, categorize them. If I walk on the street in, like, I don't know, Michigan and say, hey, do you know who Daniel Day-Lewis is? The likelihood that a random person would know is, is very... Low, but he like, bro, you won. Like you won acting. That's that's his like <laughs> that's his you were Abraham Lincoln. We none of us know how he sounded. And we're pretty sure that's how exactly how he sounded. You win. But if I ask him, do you know Dwayne Johnson? They're gonna be like, yeah. Mm. And like, just because Dwayne's more popular doesn't make him like the greatest actor of all time. However, just because Daniel Day Lewis is the greatest actor of all time doesn't mean he's going to be the most popular. So I feel the same way about cinema. So if I have to pick, I'm going to pick one that does a bit of both. Like somebody like Get uh, Out
0: is Dwayne Day-Lewis. It's Dwayne. Oh, man,
2: that's beautiful.
0: It's the Dwayne Day-Lewis of cinema. (laughs) It's Dwayne Day-Lewis. Okay. So the Dwayne Day-Lewis. What is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again?
2: Spider-Man 1, Sam Raimi. Yes. Great
0: movie. But it's just yeah. Is it better than Spider Man Two, Sam Raimi?
2: I don't think so. As a screenwriter, I don't I don't think it's better. I think Spider Man two is probably more. still one of the best superhero movies. The whole losing the powers and all of that, and it felt a little bit more grounded in reality, which is funny to say about like a what he did in that movie was make a nineties movie in the two thousands. Like look at all the cars in those <laughs> movies. It was two thousand and one, <laughs> yo. Like, how did they, how did it look like it was
0: 1993? What's going on? But, <laughs> but Spider-Man 1, you've watched the most. Absolutely.
2: If it wasn't for those movies, I don't know if our family would have fallen for movies the way that we have. Because when,
0: hmm.
2: in 2001, I was, I am I was born in 94. So I was like seven when I, when I saw Spider-Man. And the, the moment I kind of like awoke to, I think I'm watching like something permanent was when he did, go away. And everybody in the theater who knew Spider-Man knows he's trying to find this. Just get here, get here, get here. And I'm like, this is Spider-Man. He has to get here. And then he finds it. And then everybody in the theater is like, and it was just like, it it was magical. So yeah, I've seen that probably more than any other movie in my entire life.
0: Now, look, I don't like to be negative, nor do you. So let's do it quick. What's the worst film you've ever seen? The Room. You know which one. (laughs) I know which one.
2: I'd be hard pressed to find, <laughs> I'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who's like, yo, I got something worse. <laughs> Cause the question is the worst. The worst. Mm. It's the room. Like he made it. <laughs> he he finished it and was like, this is it. And it's it's probably one of the most influential, poorly made things of all time.
0: But it stood up. It stood the test of time. It's insane. People still watching it.
2: And they like celebrate it. They go to theaters and they quote it. Mm. They dress up. It's saying something for sure I don't know what it's saying But it's saying something
0: <laughs> I find room The room and stuff like that Upsetting because I go It could be us Luke We you don't, don't know. know We don't know until it comes out He he thinks it was good Like it could be us uh, What You you don't know Maybe it is art Maybe it is art People still watching it Good for him I don't know It's stressful <laughs> I,
2: <coughs> I do this thing Where
0: I try to organize Like my thoughts and
2: opinions Because mm-hmm. I'm one of those guys who really analyzes Every every word that I say And how I say it before it comes out Like, Say I had something going on and I wanted you to come You're somebody who I respect but I also see you as a friend You're somebody who I feel like Wouldn't um say no if I wanted to Invite you somewhere But what I wouldn't say Correct. to you is Hey I'm having a party tomorrow Are you going to come? I'm going to say Hey I'm having a party tomorrow Would love it if you came I'll send you the address hope to see you there I don't want to know I just hope you, you turn up. That's how I like phrase everything. That's smart. I'm so analytical with that in my mind. So I can't, for the life of me, imagine <laughs> somebody, anybody who's a part of that production who went, yeah, we're just going to let this fly.
0: I, <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing about it is I think it it's also like, a, a God, maybe it's a study in sort of power in that. Yeah, there was a whole crew on that and no one said anything. But maybe because no one speaks out ever. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, that
2: makes it so much worse.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Because if we were on Shrinking and you were like, this is terrible, would you have said something? That's a good question. The last time I was a part of something that I think really wasn't
2: good, I didn't know Mm -hmm. it. I was far younger. Right. But I thought, oh, this will be fine. It's not gonna be the worst thing. No. And then it was yeah. it was like I was like, whoa, we we could have done better than this. So I didn't know. Yeah. But I'd like to think now I'd be able to see the signs. But I haven't seen the signs since. Say that 10 mm-hmm. times fast. I haven't seen the signs since. That's a lot. But um I haven't seen the signs since. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I would say anything. I'd like to think I would.
0: It's interesting. I'd like to think you would. Like, but what yeah. would you say? Oh, sorry. This is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Man, if it was somebody I trusted, because I have done
2: that before with with homies. Mm. But I think the way you do it is you prove through your life that you are somebody who can be trusted. And if you haven't done that, they might not buy it. So it's like I try, if I have any sort of close relationship, to be the best whatever that relationship is. If it's friend, it's best friend. If it's husband, it's the best husband. Um, If it's if it's brother, it's the best brother I could, I try so mm. that if I say, hey, I love you, it's not working. They believe me.
0: Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, you're in uh, comedy. You're very funny. You've proved it time Thank and you. again. What's the film that made you laugh the most, though, Mr. Oh, Luke uh, <laughs> I, I Again,
2: I grew up Baptist, and there was so much like stand up. We just. Like Eddie Murphy's Raw, Delirious. If we got caught watching that, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't go it wouldn't go, <laughs> go well. Or or Cat Williams. One time my brother got in trouble for watching a Cat uh, Williams DVD. Uh, it was in. it was Big Pimpin' or something, whatever it's called. Pimp Chronicles. That's what it was called. <laughs> but my my favorite memories are when the whole family could laugh. And the one creator who made that happen year after year, none other than Tyler Perry. This is great to hear. I think that guy, I cannot wait to meet that guy. I just want to shake his hand and say, thank you so much for giving me and my family so many wonderful memories. And he just, he did. Like there was stuff for my mom. There was cussing, you know, there was a lot of black culture, but Mm -hmm. it it would check enough boxes so that even though Medea was like just a, a heathen, she ultimately was trying to be a good friend, mother, aunt. She wanted to take care of the people she loved. She was like a reluctant hero. And uh, I think the the best title in that was probably "Medea Goes to Jail. I remember laughing until my sides ached with my family, watching that movie, sitting around, eating lasagna, drinking country crock <laughs> lemonade, just like snot coming out of the nose, eyes running. The whole family could laugh. So, But I could pick really any one of his things. I think his plays that were recorded were probably our favorites
0: meet the browns Medea's class reunion which he never adapted i don't think but man Tom when Perry. you say pl- plays that were filmed that, that were turned into films plays he turned into films some of the plays he turned into films and some of them right, he okay. filmed and then just, released. just filmed
2: the play oh the yeah movie. and those were a riot because what nobody nobody was not prepared to improvise and he wrote music <laughs> He wrote, like, 18 songs for every one of these plays. I'm like, this guy is a genius. Wow. Where, where are his flowers? But he's been getting them recently. So I'm... I'm where are his that. flowers? I'm, I'm hoping people respect this dude, because I do. Holy smokes.
0: That's fucking great. Where are his flowers? I hear... I'm trying little, to give I've him heard a lot of negativity towards Tyler Perry films. And I'm always like, they make millions of people happy. Like...
2: And he's the birth of so many careers. Taraji P. Henson, Idris Elba. Well, some of these people were like famous before, but then they did like like $10 million movies and those were Tyler Perry movies. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure it didn't hurt.
0: Amazing. Luke, you have been wonderful. I'd say this has been one of my favorites. It's Uh, been one
2: of my favorite podcasts
0: too. So thank you. Let me tell you this. However, when you were 80... And you had a lot of barbecue. And it was good barbecue. No one was complaining about their barbecue. And you were with your post-pre-wife, or as I like to call her, your wife, uh, <laughs> yeah. Maria. And you went to bed and you kissed her good night, lovingly, long kissed her, right? Kiss, 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 kiss. And then you went to sleep and uh, you suddenly woke up in the middle of the night. Maria didn't wake up. So in her mind, you were just asleep. But Great. you were, ah, ah, and your your arteries were clogged with barbecue. <laughs> Your windpipe was clogged up mean, You were in tremendous pain. It was very upsetting. But you couldn't make a sound because everything was clogged up. You went, ah, ah, ah. And then your esophagus exploded and your lungs exploded and your spleen exploded. You were dead. And in the morning, Maria woke up and she looked at you and she went, oh, he must have died so peacefully in his sleep. And, uh, and I, was, <laughs> I was walking past with a coffin. You know what I'm like? And Maria says, Brett, I think Luke died peacefully in his sleep. And I said, doesn't sound believable, but okay." I'll come and look. And I come upstairs and I go, Maria, what makes you think it was peaceful? He's absolutely covered in blood. His chest cavity's exploded. His stomach's exploded. His throat has exploded. It's a mess, Maria. She goes, no, I'm pretty sure it was peaceful. I go, it looks like a fucking massacre in here. I go, well, give me a hand. So I give her a couple of knives. We very happily chop you up into bits she's pretty calm about the whole thing we get all your bits bits of you there's more of you than i was expecting there's a lot of barbecue i don't know what's ribs and what's ribs if you know what i mean i'm piling them all in <laughs> i get a lot in the in the coffin i stuff it all in maria stamping on it stamping on it just to try and jam it all in and uh jam it all in elbows and knees getting it all in it's rammed in this coffin there's really only enough room to slide one dvd into the side with you for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. What film are you taking to show the million clones of Maria in barbecue heaven when it is your movie night?
2: You, you know what? <laughs> I think this is something my mom would appreciate. I'd want,
0: I'd want her to
2: see my first ever job, which is a, a movie called Shock and Awe. And what's wild is I graduated six months after she passed. And about... A week before I learned she had like this unhealthy faith in me. I was like, you can't, you can't think like that. But there was one time I was back in Florida just for a bit. I was rushing out, uh, trying to go hang out with some friends and I had like on some wrinkly clothes. She was like, boy, if you don't get your behind in that room and iron those clothes, walking out of here, looking like a heathen. I was like, mom, I'm just going to hang out with some friends from high school. Okay. I'm not meeting Denzel Washington. She was like, honestly, That man go hire you, want to work with you no matter what you look like, but your friends will be embarrassed to see you. So get in there and iron your clothes for these people that you love. And I was like, yes, ma'am. But upon hindsight, I realized how easy she had faith that I was going to do this thing at the highest level. And I remember booking, shock and awe, feeling so frustrated. I was like, if six months, if only I could just show her, hey- Hey, it worked like all the support, all the time, all the effort, all the money you spent, all the sacrifices you made. It worked. I think this is the open door that I can walk through and finally do this thing at a high level for the rest of my life. But when the memories came back, I realized she would probably just want to know like what I'm up to because she never had a doubt that I would be able to create at a high level. So I would take the prestige because that's what I fell in love with my wife watching. And she just want to know, tell me about what you're up to. And she'd want to know how I pulled somebody like Maria. <laughs> oh
0: boy. Um,
2: Look. Or sorry, or sorry. I said uh the prestige, but um, I met Shocanau. She how did I switch yeah, that up?
0: Because you were saying I could just show the prestige because Shocanau, would be a lovely oh, thing to show her, to show her yes. she was right.
2: Yeah. So I could show her Shockeau, but I'd probably I'd probably end up showing her
0: the prestige. Because your point is, which I think is beautiful, you don't have to show a shocker She already knew. She knew before it even happened. You were always going to make it.
2: For sure. You're absolutely right. And that's actually the first time somebody said that to me. So I appreciate you being the guy who's who said that because uh, I'll never forget that. So thanks.
0: But yeah. Luke, thanks, man. This has been awesome. <laughs> Luke, this has been wonderful. really, really wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this. Is there anything people should look out for and watch other than shrinking? Uh, is there anything you want to tell people to look out for? For example, your short film, which I hope one I'll oh. be able to see called Jade.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When Jade comes out, I hope you all check it out, man. I, I really hope you all enjoy it. I hope you see what me and my homies are about. We're trying to create films that are uplifting, but also take a good snapshot of what the world is right now. And I, I just did another gig called The Nickel Boys, which is a an adaptation from a novel by an author called Coastal Whitehead. You know The Nickel Boys? Yeah, really? Do I? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just I like just shot it. the. Uh, oh my gosh, man! That book wrecked me. How'd it go? It How'd went go? well. It went well. Surprisingly, it was like fun. Oh great! Despite the subject matter, you would know. Yeah. You're you're very well. Like you know what's up. You know what's out there, dude. Like I know. What's and you're out. busy, which is wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Nickel Boys is coming out. I'm not sure when, but we we wrapped it last year, and I, I hope that it it moves people and educates them on what was going on for a while. Fantastic! Uh,
0: is it a film or a TV?
2: They made it a movie. If it was right. TV, I don't know how. I don't know how. <sighs> yeah, I told Maria she probably didn't want to watch it, but it's one of those yeah. movies that I think uh, will make a big impact on remembering where we came from.
0: Mm. Luke, you're fucking brilliant. Thanks, man. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for your time. I hope we get to do more work together. And uh, if you ask me in the way that you plan to ask me, I will come to your party.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. I appreciate you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. Hey, look, you know I can't sing your praises enough, dog. I got so much respect for you, and I'm glad that we got to collaborate. You're doing great, man. I appreciate you. I respect you. you. I I appreciate
0: you. you. I respect you. I I love you. Okay, (laughs) good (laughs) night. that was episode 236. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 30 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Luke. Don't miss the first six episodes of Shrinking, now available on Apple TV+. Plus. You can watch them all now. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, but write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read. It's very appreciated. You're all appreciated. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. Couldn't take a little break, as I told you. Just a month. But in the meantime, there'll be some banging guests from the past that we will re-release in a classical way and you'll love it. Thank you so much to Luke for giving me his time. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Special thanks to John Harris. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Leiden for the photography. Come join me next week for a classic Rewind episode and that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other.